2012 schedule. Uh, Council of Ministries meets at 4 p.m. in the social hall. Um, Methodist men will meet on Tuesday night, October 18th at Southern Times in downtown Greer at 615. Uh, basketball signups start today ages 4 and up after 5 p.m. online. Um, and if you have any questions, please see Robbie Septon. And youth meet at the regular times this evening. May we begin our worship service.
standing as we reaffirm our faith and repeating the Apostles' Creed on page 881. I believe God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will the children please come forward for a moment with Harriet Johnson. Have you noticed that there are a lot of... Thanks, Rob. <laughs> he's, seen, he's seen what's in the basket. <laughs> yeah. um, why have we been seeing lots of pumpkins lately? Because it's Halloween. And what do we do with pumpkins at Halloween? We carve them. Carve them and make jack-o'-lanterns? Okay. <laughs> have you ever considered or thought about the fact that your life as a Christian, <clears throat> excuse me, a Christian, to be like that of a pumpkin? No. <laughs> first, the first way that that could happen, though, is in Isaiah 66, verse 2. Has not my hand made all these things, and so they came into being, declares the Lord. So if God made everything, he created us and the seeds that grow into pumpkins, that's one way that we're alike. Then, as a Christian, we have been baptized in our faith. The water of our baptism washes away the ugliness of our sins because Jesus died on the cross and offered us grace. Well, in a somewhat similar way, when the pumpkins come out of the pumpkin patch, the farmers wash off all the grit and the dirt so that we can carve that jack-o'-lantern. I have another verse over here. The next part of a pumpkin's life is very messy. What happens? You have to dig out all the goop. You have to dig out all the goop, all the stringy, squishy, slimy pulp and the seeds that are inside. But we've got to clean the inside, don't we? Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God. So we're asking, when we invite Jesus into our hearts, he will touch us and take away all the fears and the doubts, all the yucky stuff. <clears throat> we will have such joy and lots of smiles that light the way for others who see that we have Jesus in our hearts. Then we go to another verse. It's kind of hard to do with one hand. So then how do you finish the pumpkin? You've got all the goop out, and then what do you do? 
carve it. You carve it. And with the, all the goo out, what the pumpkin really needs is a smiley face, a smiling face, because he has lots to smile about. And that's the, one of the best parts. But then what do you do? After all the goop is gone, you've carved it. You put a candle in it. You put a candle in it, and that makes it glow. Glow in the darkness. <clears throat> glow so that that smile is seen. And when we see the smiling jack-o'-lantern or the pumpkin, what I want you to think about is the Christian light and this verse. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us the light to share with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Old Testament lesson is Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 through 20, found on page 290 in your pew Bible. Fear the Lord. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good? To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. Yet the Lord set his affection on your ancestors and loved them, and he chose you, their descendants, above all the nations, as it is today. Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow, and he loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. Fear the Lord your God and serve him. Hold fast to him and take your oaths in his name.
Please rise as we responsibly read Psalm 135, found on page 851 in your hymnals. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to the Lord's name, for the Lord is gracious. For the Lord has chosen Jacob as God's son. Israel as God's own possession. For I know that the Lord is great. And that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, the Lord does, in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all deeps. It is the Lord who makes the clouds rise. It was the Lord who struck the firstborn of Egypt, both of human beings and animals. Who in the midst of Egypt sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh and all his servants. Who struck many nations and slew many mighty kings, Sion, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. Epistle lesson is Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 13, found on page 1764 in your Pew Bible. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Amen.
Let us pray. God of grace and glory, we thank you that you judge us not by the perfection of our actions, but by our readiness to live boldly by faith. In a time of great need, you raised up your servants, John and Charles Wesley, and by your spirit inspired them to kindle a flame of sacred love. Our hearts have been warmed by these altar fires and by your grace. Assist us as individuals and as a congregation to trust you and follow where you lead. Help us to remember that you are the sun and close at hand to warm us. Come, creator, into our lives and open the windows of our souls. Give us, as we take part in this laity service, your strength and guide us. Remind us to give hope to the sick, hurting and lonely, for they need our comfort. We ask these things in your name, who taught us all to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Will the ushers please come forward as we receive our morning offering.
Our gospel lesson this morning is Matthew 19, 16 through 21, found on page 1529 of the Pew Bible. The rich in the kingdom of God. Just then a man came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these things I've kept, said the young man, what do I, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, follow me. Good morning. The scripture read earlier, I'm going to read an excerpt from it again. It's Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 13. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, and to observe the Lord, Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. Ever since I can remember... Memorial United Methodist Church has always been a part of my life. I grew up attending Sunday school, and I'm a product of the child enrichment program here at Memorial. I also, grew, I also attended Asbury Hills from the time I was in third grade through middle school. It was there that I felt, I, I felt my first true spiritual experience with God. I truly felt the Holy Spirit and, to, and began to develop a better understanding of who Christ was and what he did for me. I then went through confirmation class and joined the church. I also attended youth regularly, and for those of you who remember, Michael Bingham was my first youth minister. He always had a great way of getting us involved in things. He would always say in greeting us and leaving us, be there, aloha. Well, we all thought that was kind of strange at first. We didn't know what quite to think of it. But it wasn't until I got older in high school and in college that I knew what be there meant. I had a wonderful journey as a youth member at Memorial, whether it was meeting every Sunday night for youth, going to spring maid retreats, or whitewater rafting. Some of my best memories were with my youth group. Of course, as you know, middle and high school are the coming-of-age times where you think that you're turning into the person that you want to become. The group that I grew up with at Memorial and I still share a special friendship and bond that I cannot describe in words to anyone. We grew in many ways, especially in our spiritual walk with Christ. I am so blessed to say that many of us have come back to Greer and back to Memorial and are here today as members of the Cross Training Sunday School class. After high school, 
I went down to Columbia to USC to study to become an art teacher. Christ was so important to me. However, like many of us do, I took a leave of absence from my faith and my church. While I made so many wonderful memories and a lot of lifelong friends, I put God on the back burner. I stopped attending church regularly because of many reasons, I thought, studying, staying up too late, partying too late, or sometimes I really wouldn't even have an excuse. It was not until my junior year when I began to realize that I didn't like the person that I was becoming. I felt that I was missing something, and it was Christ. Of course, he was always there for me, but I always try to do everything by myself. You know, people say that hindsight is 20-20. You see, when I was in college, I had some of the best times of my life, but I also went through some of the most difficult experiences in my life. My father got sick my freshman and sophomore year, and that was followed by a series of surgery, surgeries that sent my family through a financial whirlwind. I would pray to God, why are you doing this? Why is this happening? We all never understand why things happen in certain ways. But I didn't understand anything because I was so consumed with how I could handle the situation, and I didn't realize that God had everything under control. God was always there. I just needed to ask for his help. So many of you might be asking, why am I sharing this, or how did I get through all of this? Well, yes, my answer is with with Christ and also the people of Memorial United Methodist Church. My church wasn't going to let anything happen to me, even though I had put them on the back burner. God worked through so many people of this church that helped me and my family get through so many trials. Whether it was sending me devotionals and cards in the mail, or holding a fundraiser to help my family pay for, for medical bills, God was working through my church family. It was through this experience that I realized the importance of my church and what the people of Memorial did for me. It was because of the people of Memorial United Methodist that I began to realize Christ's purpose for my life. You see, I thought that I had become the person that I was supposed to be. But at 22, I realized that God had a bigger plan. He blessed me with a wonderful education and brought my amazing husband, Kevin, into my life. When I moved back home to Greer, everything was falling into place. I was blessed to be hired as the art teacher at Greer High School, and Kevin and I got married. My father's health was better. I attended Memorial every Sunday, but I still felt something was missing. I felt that I was just hitting the surface of where my relationship with Christ could be. So I prayed about it. God led me and some other of my former youth friends that I grew up with that had come back home to Greer as well to start a Sunday school class. Our Sunday school class has been such a blessing in my life and my husband's life, and we have rekindled relationships with old friends that we grew up with and have made so many wonderful new friends through our Sunday school class and the church. Kevin and I also made an effort to become more involved in Memorial from playing sports, which I totally leave up to him, um, and going to Sunday school gatherings or joining a women's circle or Bible studies. We also recommitted our lives to Christ. I've been here ever since. Everything seemed so perfectly right. My life was, seemed so perfect to me. It was just how I planned My marriage was wonderful. I had a wonderful group of friends. My family was great. 
until a couple of years ago when I hit what a lot of people would call rock bottom. Kevin and I struggled to start a family and I went through some medical issues. Again, I didn't understand why that was happening. Do we ever? But it was through those trials that I became closer to God. Sylvia Dobson taught our Sunday school class one month, and it totally put things into perspective for me. She said that our talents are not just things that we do well, but also how we react to situations and whether they're good or bad. We all want to get to that mountaintop, but we have to go through the valley first. But sometimes that's a lot easier said than done. I truly felt that because I have tried to make an effort to become more involved at my church and tried to get to know more people, that my faith has been strengthened. I feel that through our church, we are able to work for Christ. It is, the church that, that it is through the church that we are able to do God's work and fulfill God's plan for our lives. Just like my mom, always, mom and dad always told me growing up, Allie, you're going to get out of something what you put into it. I wanted more than just a worship service once a week. I wasn't giving God my all. It was through my involvement at Memorial that I have truly seen God work in my life and the life of others. My friend Cindy Davis shared a devotional with our, our circle a couple of years ago and gave us these little cards. Mine's kind of tattered now. But it says, please, comma, God, and it has the comma crossed out in red. I keep this beside my tape to my desk at school. And that totally put things into perspective for me. I was so wrapped up with asking God for different things that I felt that I had totally missed the boat. I wasn't focusing on pleasing God. Now, of course, I'm not saying that we should go to God in prayer and not ask for things. For Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. I'm simply saying that sometimes we are guilty of wanting our will instead of God's. As Christian Methodists, we strive to do God's will. The character of a Methodist was originally published in 1742 by the father of Methodism, John Wesley. While his wording is a little different than what we would see, what we would see or read or hear in a sermon in 2011, I, see, I still think his ideals hold true for us today. Wesley emphasized the distinction between essential beliefs of the Christian faith and mere opinions. He believed that Christians could be united by a few simple doctrines and yet have differing opinions about a range of other less important things such as baptism or style of worship. Wesley stated the distinguishing marks of a Methodist are not his opinions of any sort, but as to all opinions which do not strike at the root of Christianity, we think and let think. According to Wesley, a Methodist is one who loves the Lord his God with all of his heart, with all of his soul, and with all his might, and all of his strength. Not only loves God, but keeps his commandments, all of them. A Methodist is one who is happy in God, prays without ceasing. Not always that they're in a house of prayer, but at times, or at all times, the language of the heart is in prayer. Their, heart, their, their life is pure in heart. They put their innermost mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. They do good to all, not only in their bodies, but in their souls, and try to provoke those who have peace with God to abound more in love and good works. A Methodist is a Christian, not only in name, but in heart and life.
They have the design of their life not only to do their own will, but the will of God's. They continually present their soul and body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. All the talents that they receive constantly employ according to God's will. They do all to glorify God, and they do not let the custom of this world hinder them from, as Wesley states, running the race that's set before them. So whether Methodist, whatever denomination, we're all Christians, and I believe that Wesley has the best intentions with these characteristics, and they still hold true today. And he states that by these marks, by these fruits of a living faith, do we try to distinguish ourselves from the unbelieving world, from all of those whose minds and lives are according to the gospel of Christ. But from real Christians of whatever denomination they be, we earnestly desire not to be distinguished at all. So if there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit... Let us strive together for the faith of the gospel, walking worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called, and with all lowliness, meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, remembering that there is one body, one Spirit, even as we are called with one one of our own calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in all of us. Notice that Wesley discusses one body and the church as a part of Christ's body. Through our church, we are able to serve and fulfill Christ's work. I think that we're all guilty of saying, what is God doing for me? What is my church doing for me? My church doesn't offer this or my church doesn't offer that. But since we're all a part of God's church, we can be the change and the difference that we want to see in God's ministry. I think that we all need to realize that it's not about us. It's about God and spreading his word. I have just shared my journey thus far and how my church family has impacted my life. Are we doing all that we can to work as God's church and be one in the body of Christ? As Paul stated to the Romans, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. So I tell you this as I am inspired by the words of John F. Kennedy. Ask not what your church or God can do for you but what can you do for your church and God? Amen.